Welcome, everybody. It's Wednesday. We're back. We're going to have a fun one today. We are going to go with the most commonly asked questions that we get in our program and then do a little rapid fire fun time between Angie and I asking each other questions that neither one of us know what they are yet. Sound good? That is going to be fun. Yeah, this will be fun. Let's go with our commonly asked questions first. Okay, okay. M. So I know this one. I have the questions in front of me, so I'm just going to remind Emily of the question, and then she'll answer the first one. Okay. How much water do I really need to drink? Like, what would you say to that? Well, it differs a lot out there, right? We're even talking about this before we got on here, but good rule of thumb is to go with half of your body weight in ounces is where we typically start people. But I think this is a good point. Like, I had been there or a little bit under for a while, but you really have to take into consideration how you feel. It's going to vary for every person. You were in Texas. It's been like 109 degrees and or more where I'm at in Houston for, for the 49 days. For 49 days. I seriously row. think my tennis shoes were melting on the tennis court the other day. It was wild. I need more water. I've been in the upwards of like 200 ounces a day, but I'm like dripping with sweat. I don't need as much in the winter. You know what I mean? So you kind of, you kind of pay attention and listen to that. Yeah. When you say. I like that. And sometimes if you're not quite sure, because like Em said, she's like, I was doing this amount and I could tell my body needed more. I just look at where are you actually starting? And you're like, wow, I'm only drinking 20 ounces a day. Great. Yeah, drink 40 ounces and see how you feel there and then increase it again. There are times I just swing. There's times and seasons I want more. There's times and seasons I want less. But you got to know where you're starting. And if you get your first initial goal, like M said, half your body weight, I think you're golden. I want to elaborate on this question a little bit because I feel like people ask it a lot. And I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you because I hear you talk about it a lot. Why do you have a day where you like really go hard on the water after you've had like a night out or calorie rich food that you don't normally eat? Like why do you end up drinking more water? Water Mm. flushes water. Mm. So if you have had, now sometimes you drink a lot and you're dehydrated, right? So you're drinking more of that. But if you had a food you don't normally have and your body has an inflammatory response to it, the response is retained water because it hasn't quite figured out, hey, what is that thing you gave me? I'm going to do my protective mechanism. I'm going to hold on to water. It's totally normal for it to happen. But the best way to get water moving is by drinking more of it. So in your head, you might be like, oh my God, my fingers are bloated. Like, or like I could tell my fingers are retaining water. I can see it in my ankles. I can see it in my midsection. Like when you're very observant of your body, like you'll see it. You don't have to freak out. There's nothing going on there. But then people will not drink water because they think that's the quickest way to get it out. You actually want to drink one and a half like times your normal amount because water's going to move water. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that, I mean, like, I knew the answer to that, but I just thought it would be good to tell everybody else because there are just definitely times where I wake up in the morning. Honestly, sometimes for no reason, I can't get my rings off. Same. You know? Yes. And yeah. I could be having some sort of inflammatory response, and you have no idea why. Oftentimes, it's alcohol, but, you know. Yeah, and you don't have to keep that level up for that long. It's right. like right when you start to feel your body, we call it like a whoosh, where in the middle of the night, you just might pee a lot like crazy, or in the morning, yeah. it's like an extra long pee, and you're like... My body's letting go of water right now, right? And so just keep your water intake high until you kind of feel it starting to happen. Yeah, I love that extra long pee in the morning. (laughs) There's like nothing better. Honestly, I don't like to wake up in the middle of the night, but if I go two or three times and I'm whooshing, I'm like, oh, I know what's happening. Yeah, here for it. (laughs) Party. Yeah. Okay, number two. I'm going to answer this one. Is it okay to eat carbs before bed? 
I think this is a great question. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll probably notice everything Emily and I answer, it's always around, what do you want? What, Mm -hmm. like, how do you feel? Because I don't know someone's body. I don't know how they sleep if they eat carbohydrates right before bed. There's all these different factors. Yeah. There is, if we're talking strictly fat loss in eating carbs before bed, because there's a lot of plans out there that tell you to have your carbs earlier in the day and don't have a carb with dinner, right? Or they say have a veggie and a protein, which remember, a veggie is a carb. Anyway, so people think (laughs) there's something about carbs and fat loss. So strictly speaking from that perspective, no. Like it's still calories in, calories out. You can have carbs all the way up until you go to bed. Right. One thing, though, that I have people consider is if you have like a a very mentally taxing kind of day where you have to be mentally turned on and mentally focused with clarity, and maybe that's with any of the roles that you're doing, Mm -hmm. carbohydrates are your direct source of energy for that mental clarity. That's when I'd be like, hey, if you want to pick and choose where they go, front load them to the beginning and the middle part of the day because you'll have that extra energy. Mm -hmm. But long and short, the answer is you could eat them all the way up until you go to bed which I personally do. I have two cookies or three cookies and a piece of candy every single night, which is carbs and fats. And I sleep great. And it doesn't affect me at all. Here's why I think people ask that question. And especially if you're in our community and you're weighing yourself, if you are having carbs later than you normally eat, because it's all about what you can remain consistent with. Potentially, you will have more water weight in the morning because carbs carry more water to their whole more water in your muscle, which right. is great for muscle building. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're isolating that one day and the time you stepped on the scale, you're like, oh my gosh, it was the carbs. I mean, like, let's realistically look at what happened. It's more about what you can be consistent with over time. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And my body's used to having carbs that late. But if, like Emily said, if you're not someone that is and you had them all at night, it's going to show up maybe on the scale the next day because of the water suspended in right. your muscles with glycogen. And big maybe. Like some, maybe. sometimes not. Everybody's so different. But like I have heard that one a lot, you know. Yes. I'm like, where, where are people getting this? Where's this get coming from? So. Yeah. But you can have them at any point of the day. It's just sometimes I have more of them beginning part of the day to have more energy. So. I do always love a good weightlifting day after a lot of pizza the day before. It's a good, like, you feel like you're so strong. <laughs> yeah, right? That's Remember we talked about it. It's like when you hit your personal records. Yeah, yeah, you got all the energy. So good, yeah. Okay, number three, M. Why do, and I know that sometimes we recommend it, which I think we're pretty flexible with it, but why out there is there a recommendation to get 10,000 steps in a day? Where's that number coming from? Yeah. Is it a necessity to do? Yeah, because basically that's, like, if you've got an Apple Watch or any Fitbit, that's, like, the number they say to hit, right? Mm-hmm. It quite literally means, you know, back in the day, millions of years ago, all we were was active and we have lost that. We sit at desk jobs. We are way more stationary. 10,000 steps each day takes you from a sedentary lifestyle to a non-sedentary lifestyle. And it just helps you get more movement in. Yeah. And I think it was a a great campaign by Fitbit to do that because it did just get people more mindful and aware of it. There's nothing magical, though, about the number. Right. Right. And that's where I want people, like, I have some women that we coach, and 
they'll get 8,000 steps in a day, but they were starting at a thousand a day, like huge improvement. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the capacity they can give with the amount of time that they can get up and move more. And so even if you're falling short of 10,000, it doesn't make you less than right. If you're getting above 10,000 and you have the ability to do that. Awesome. We just like to use it as a gauge to be like, the more you move, the more you tell your body you're a thriving individual. Right. And steps are just an easy way to be like, wow, I'm so proud of myself. Like I went from 3000 to 4000 steps or Something simple, something tangible. I'm actually really glad that you say that too, because we track the weekly trends as well. And so maybe like, for example, today, I'm sitting a lot more today and dripping springs from Houston. I don't even even wear my watch actually, because I didn't want to see it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I forgot it, but that's okay because my weekly trend might still come out around 10,000 and I had like an off, an off day. I'm not going to kill myself when I get home to 10,000 by eight o'clock at night, you know? Right. You don't have to have that added stress. Right. So 10,000, it's just a good rule of thumb to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm moving. I'm getting up and I'm doing, doing some stuff. I'm moving and I'm grooving, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. What's the next one? Big one. Do I have to do cardio for fat loss? Oh, get at it. You know, I'm so excited to say no. Like (laughs) I might just leave it there. (laughs) If we, if we want a little bit of an explanation. Yeah. The reason people do cardio for fat loss, it's actually very strategic in terms of the amount of calories extra they're trying to burn to get themselves into a calorie deficit. But the thing with cardio is your body adapts to it. And so even if your watch tells you you burned 500 calories from that workout class, from that treadmill run, from your outdoor run, it's not very accurate. Yeah. And so people put a lot of stock into like, I burned this amount in cardio, but like I'm not losing weight still. I still lose the same. Nothing's budging, right? And it's because it's an always changing variable dependent on what kind of stress your body is under, the type of activity, has your body adapted to that activity? So it's just, it is a way you can lose body fat. I'll just say that it's more challenging rather than focusing on your nutrition. Right. We were just talking about this earlier because now I approach cardio with like, I like to do cardio as long as I'm doing something I like to be doing and I'm not even thinking about it. Yes. And as a tool for fat loss, I would say, yes, you can use it, but it ends up taking a lot more time than just paying attention to your nutrition. And it is an always like moving target, which becomes frustrating. And so you don't need to do it. For fat loss, you can literally just pay attention to the amount of steps you're doing, right? Or you can pay attention to your nutrition and that will save you a lot of stress. Where I think cardio can fit in is if, let's say you're kind of hovering around the same weight number. So maybe you're looking at it and you're like, this maybe is a plateau. Then instead of having to eat less, because that's the way that we can create that deficit again to get you to lose weight, that's where you can strategically put in a few sessions of like a 30-minute aerobic cardio session to just further get that calorie burn. And so you're like placing it in at the appropriate time. That's what like bikini or body builder competitions do. They do a lot more cardio at the end because it's a little bit more of a control variable then. I didn't know they did that. I want to go back to the point too where you said if you're like monitoring like what your watch says or like what the equipment that you were on says, how much you burned. I mean, 
Like you have to take into consideration too. That's so arbitrary and like everybody's heart rate is so different and it's not really like accurately like don't live or die by those calories is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's an algorithm that yeah. the watch is using. Yeah. It doesn't know anything about you. Have you ever been in a class and your friend was like, oh my God, I burned 750 calories. And I was like, did we do the same class? Because I did like 350. <laughs> and I'm over here. I'm like, mine's like 200. Yeah. I'm like, oh shoot. I'm like, but that's probably just not true. It's, it's just, just not, not true. true. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Hopefully that answers. If you guys have more questions, let me know on Instagram. Last question, then we'll rapid fire it out. Yeah. If someone is tracking like macronutrients, they're paying attention to that. Do How much does it matter if you track all three? And again, we usually get it in terms of like, hey, I'm looking to lose body fat. Yeah. And then after people lose body fat, hey, reversing them, getting them back to maintenance. Like, where do you fall in like how much do you need to follow all three macros? So really, all that matters is hitting that protein number. And if you're trying to lose fat, staying within that 500 calorie deficit range that we have set. But where you land on the spectrum of how many carbs, how many fats, as long as you're in that 500 calorie deficit, doesn't really matter. They can, they kind of can go interchangeably. However, you do need a certain amount of fat for hormone function. And I believe, I had always thought it was 30 grams, but you said 20 to 25. 25 is like the minimum, minimum, minimum. I'm okay. always like suggesting 30 as okay. the minimum to make sure people get it in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I try not to fall below 30 either. And I'll give you, for example, and I know when we set people's macros, we start off at a place because we're getting to know them, right? And we're like finding their sweet spot. And it's like 30% protein, 40% carbs, 30% fat, like of your caloric intake that we set you at. But once you get to know somebody over time, like I like a little bit more protein. I'm a lot more active. I try not to go under 30 grams of fat. I'm not a big fat eater. Do you know what I mean? I would rather eat more protein and I do typically eat like leaner meats, but you know, I have got my blend work done and I've been told to eat red meat. So it's like, you know, get it, get that fat source up a little bit, but I, I can usually thrive on like 30% carbs, which is then some people are like, oh my gosh, I just love carbs. My fat can come low. My protein can be minimal, you know, so it's kind of finding your own sweet spot. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I do really well higher carb. You do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that interesting? And it is, right? Yeah. And it's because you and I put enough time into it to figure that out. But I, I'm loving that we're addressing this because the only nutrient that really, really, really matters that people are under eating most of the time is protein. So if you focus on getting that number to an appropriate range and then you stay within the calorie range, whether you're trying to bulk, if you're trying to stay at the same weight or if you are trying to lose weight, the other two are personal preference, but it just yeah. teaches people how to become aware of the different foods they're eating and what categories they fall into with macronutrients and making sure you're getting in enough from each category. That is a really good point that you just stressed because I actually have a call with somebody tomorrow. And we're going to talk about this because a lot of people are doing a lot of good things, but you, unless you have ever worked with macros before and tracked what you're doing... You would be blown away how, how many of us are chronically eating under protein and think we're hitting that mark, but we're really how strategic you have to be to get the protein in. I mean, now I've been doing it for so long. It's like, I know how much protein I need and I can do that. And yep. But so many women like, this protein number is so high, I can't hit it. And I'm like, and then that is the culprit. And then once they do start moving it up, they find themselves having less cravings. Yeah, because they're more more full and they're more satisfied, and they find it so easy. And they're losing to weight. Lose weight. 
Yeah. Yep. And that's one number we look at when you hit a plateau. I'm like, how consistently are you eating your protein? Yeah. Yeah. And it actually like minimum, it's like 70 to 80 grams for women, but that's just like bare minimum in terms of all of the functions that protein does in our body. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're looking at more from probably like an aesthetic performance standpoint too, right? Like we're looking at how much do we need for recovery and to build muscle and to change your body composition. But if you're like paying attention right now and you're like, wow, I'm at 40. That's why I also wanted to do the whole series on the movie casting method and like really talking about protein. It is literally the star of the show. So if you put all your energy right now into how do I get more protein into my daily routine, into my meal prep, it is going to make a world of a difference. Game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to rapid fire just questions for each other? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We don't even know what we're asking each other yet. Oh, I'm just going to let my brain tell me what I want to know. Okay. You want to go first then? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready, I think. What is your absolute favorite thing to do for social time with adults <laughs> let's do adults because that's kind of a hard question gosh my absolute favorite thing to do dance emily i was gonna say concerts for you but i think dance. both are both are interchangeably <laughs> yes that's where we do it at a concert <laughs> yes okay i love it okay let's see here because we were talking about this on the call earlier and you said you loved it what is your go-to <laughs> karaoke song oh easy mr big i'm the one do you know that one <laughs> Can you sing me a little bit of it? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's the, I'm the one who wants to be with you. Yeah. You know Deep inside, I hope uh. you feel it too. Woo! All right. So maybe I'll do a karaoke. Maybe I won't with that yeah. song when yeah. we plan it. Okay. Thanks, Sam. That was a good question. I like that one. Okay. What is your favorite? Because... You guys, if you don't know, now you're going to know. Emily is really good with fashion. Like, she's got a vibe. Thanks, Anne. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is, like, your favorite thing that's trending right now that you're like, somebody has to know about it? You already know what I'm going to say. Okay. This hat right here. Oh, yeah, and they can't see it. You guys, I wish you could see this hat. Okay, you know how everybody's been decorating the cowboy hats with, like, feathers or pins or paraphernalia to make it personalized or ribbons or whatever, and then you do this whole experience, and then you get them branded. Everybody knows that that's happening yeah. right now, right? Yeah. Well, at least we do, because we're, we're into it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows. Mark my words. This is coming for the trucker hats. They're gonna. I don't think they can be branded, but we're gonna be able to like put feathers on them and charms and like customize them like any way we want. I just, I just found this one. Yeah, this made me really happy to see you wearing this. I'm Judith March, and she's got this little like horseshoe clip and a feather on the side. I, but I didn't get to pick that. It came like that, but I'm like, that experience for a trucker hat is coming. It's coming. Yeah. I knew you'd have something cool to share. And honestly, I there's a drop on Wednesday. I hate to even tell everybody this because they sold out in three minutes and I really want one. And if I tell everybody, they're going to go get one too. <laughs> Let me get mine first. No, I'm just kidding. Briley King, she's like the wife of a country music musician, okay. musician, last name King, can't remember his first name, out in Nashville. And she's got trucker hats coming out that she's decorated with feathers because her husband wears all the feathers on his regular Western hats. And they sold out in like three minutes last time. And they are cute. Okay. Go follow Briley King. She's got a drop at 11 on Wednesday. Okay. But you might just have to be on there for both of us. I'll get a couple. You're like really fast at stuff. If you have my text number and we're friends, I'll get a couple. Hit me up. Okay. <laughs> You'll get one. Okay. You'll get one first. Great. Great. Okay. okay. What do you got for me? All right. So you know how they say that people identify with like colors? 
for their personality. Yeah. What's your color and why? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. You know it's hot pink. <laughs> I truly do love it. Now, I'm going to Google this because I've looked it up. Remember, my logo is hot pink and turquoise, and I just picked it yeah. because I honestly like the colors. But remember, I was like, M, M. I looked up what pink actually means in turquoise, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this is cool. Like, this is very much like me. Okay. I'm excited. Let's hear it. Okay. So, this one, I'm finding it right here. It's powerful playfulness. So this is pink or blue? Yes, this okay. is pink. Okay. What if I said one of the words that I want to possess as one of my attributes that I live by my whole life is playfulness? Yeah, and right? you do. Yes. Extreme sociability, which I do really love to be yeah. extremely social. And I didn't know, but I think it's just join people. Yeah. And then... It also, which I found interesting, can like promote calm emotional energy. Oh, pink? And it can soothe people's aggression and anger. So it's promoting calm energy. You're like a gift that the world needs. I'll keep wearing pink. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Okay. I love it. Last question for you. Wait, what was turquoise? Oh, I gotta go look it up You said you knew both of them. But pink was your main one, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Because I'll wear turquoise on my jewelry and stuff. And I, right? But I don't, I haven't found any like clothing that I like. Okay. So that one, like, now obviously turquoise, like the actual stone, is more for hope, good fortune, whatnot. Oh, I like that. It does. I want to do the one that I found before. Oh my God. There's so many. It's like spiritual meaning, turquoise meaning in love, turquoise biblical. But yeah, it's, inc- this was the one that stuck out to me encourages spontaneity mm-hmm. and yeah. again creates inner calm while remaining alert with creativity and enhanced communication skills that's where i was like oh that shit's good Dang. i like that you're like a walking anomaly who's <laughs> who's calm while enhancing <laughs> right and who chose these colors randomly i was just like yeah my favorite colors i don't know i love it you're a unicorn yeah there we go okay let's just end with some easy one okay what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Because I know ice cream is one of your favorite things to eat. I don't even have to think about this. Mint chocolate chip. So good. Might be my favorite too. Is it your favorite? Honestly, mint chocolate chip is I appreciate my that you eat ice cream with me. Yeah. I love ice cream. It's kind of like people who only like cats. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it when you don't like ice cream. <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me either. Or okay. chocolate. Or chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Last one for me. Okay. Speaking of pets, house pets, are you ever going to get a dog? Well, I don't want to share the whole story right now. We have a dog. But <gasps> she, remember, she lives with Paul's mom. Yes. Yeah. But long story short, she was the, she is, because she's still here with us, the most amazing dog. But when we moved to Texas, we moved from Illinois to Texas, and we told grandma what was happening, and her grandbabies were moving with us, which now my mother-in-law does live here in Texas with us, which is amazing. Yeah. But she had become very close to, obviously, her grandbabies and her grand dog because we spent so much time there during COVID. And so when we moved, we're like, you think he's like Summer should stay here with you? And I think it was exactly what she needed to have that, yeah. you know. That was that, nice that of thing. you. Do, yeah. you. do you miss it being in your house? Oh, shit. Well, I guess you caught me. No, <laughs> I love her. She's a great dog. I am a pet lover. And I'm not one that gets pets and disposes of pets. Like, truly, that's not who I am. Yeah. But once I had the boys and we had just gotten her about 
three months before we did my IVF transfer. So it was fairly new. Like my world really did change when I had two tiny little newborns. And I felt like I couldn't take care of her the way that I wanted to in terms of the dog and like Paul's mom she's just a dog lover and it was great I also realized I had a lot of anxiety around dog hair her dog hair was out of control control. and again I would never get rid of an animal for that like she would still be in my life right now she still is in my life but now since Paul's mom moved here we're like oh do you want us to take her back and she just she loves her and I'm like she's happy there I get that I get it and I'm not judging you the best of both worlds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I have something stuck in my head that I feel like you need to get out. Okay. Just to be the one <laughs> to be with you. I'm just like, I'm glad that it's a country or Christmas. Well. Right? <laughs> that was my karaoke. What's your karaoke jam? I do want to know. Alina's more set. You ought to know. Oh my gosh. I bet you are rocking that when you sing it. Dude. And honestly, this summer, another one that I just really love to scream, Kelly Clarkson, since she's been gone. <laughs> That's a great karaoke song. Yeah. Okay. It's so fun. We got to go. I'm trying to think. If I come up with more, I'll let you know. Sounds good. Okay. This one's fun. Yeah. Quick, easy. We'll be back next week with some other stuff. Yeah. Other stuff. Some good stuff. Okay, you guys. As always, if you liked this, please share with everybody and then tag us on social media. Emily Mitchell at HTX and angie.lingzo and honestly if you have more questions send us them because i like doing fun episodes answering whatever health and fitness questions people have yeah me too it's been fun yeah and if you can do us a favor if you've been enjoying the podcast if you have subscribed could you please 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 leave us a review i mean right when we started it was so amazing to see the outpour of just love and we read every single review and honestly it's what keeps us motivated to keep showing up and doing this but the review is what helps other people find the podcast and it's for us to see what you're loving what you want more of and so if you can do that we'd really appreciate it and stay tuned because we do have some fun trucker hat experiences coming down the line so i'm excited about it like seriously stay tuned yeah it's gonna be great (laughs) yeah okay all right I am. Bye.